Never forced, never coerced. Open discussions about things in life that matter to you most. From tech to TV, movies, and gaming, and everything in between. Visit voluntaryinput.com to subscribe, contact us, and find out how you can support the show. Catch new episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. Welcome to Voluntary Input. All right, York, I want to thank you for coming on the show today. How are you doing, sir? Hey, I'm doing good, Leo. Thank you so much for having me on. We've, we've had a bit of an adventure getting to this point. You know, the audience wouldn't know, but we'll just leave it at that. We've had a little, we have some rough sailing along the way, but that happens sometimes. Uh, welcome to 2022, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. We're not in the Star Trek age yet where the technology is smooth, crystal clean. Flawless. We're still... We're, that's right. Technology is still in the in the rough spot. And a lot of people, I think a lot of people don't realize that. I think people have this uh, view that everything's perfection and it's not. <laughs> it just doesn't. No, it's not. I mean, I mean, speaking about that, I, I just bought a really amazing Apple TV, the HD. Mm -hmm. we, we hooked it up. We're so excited and it's, it's freezing on us. It's like, what? what we spent this money so yeah i mean the technology is still yeah it's still not the way it needs to be it still is that's true now before we get off off tangent here <laughs> can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself who you are what do you do well first and foremost i'm an earthling and the second secondly i was born in jamaica i was kidnapped when i was very very small and brought over to the beautiful and cold freezing cold land of Canada. Then eventually I started writing stories uh, of my own volition, started writing stories about all different topics. And then I was introduced to a microphone. I started recording episodes, stories that I wrote, I started that in 2017. Currently I'm the editor, producer, and the host of Poetic Earthlings. And I also edit other people's podcast including beta reader bits with tiffany christina lewis that's awesome and he explained to me a little bit ago that that was actually a um that's for basically a podcast for authors correct uh they get she gets the basically the drafts of books and then kind of goes over them is that what that's how i understood it yeah that's right she looks over manuscript she makes suggestions to the author what should be added what should be removed and then once everything is good, then the book is published. What we do on the show, what I what I do as her editor and producer, because it's an educational show, I try to interject some entertainment value to it. Sound clips from different movies, music, uh, special, special sound effects, uh, just to put the listener into the mind of the characters in the book that she's talking about. That's awesome. Cause yeah, sometimes if you just have something educational and the person's just droning on and on, I don't know about you. I, I lose my focus and I lose interest and I'm like, well, I'm not even listening yeah. to you anymore. <laughs> so, but tell us more about poetic earthlings. How did that get started? And, um, where are you at now? Well, with poetic earthlings, how that started off was by me listening to the radio shows. I used to be big on on listening to radio shows late at night. 
mm. wee hours of the night where you had different conspiracy theories or, or theorists come on and talk about strange planets and bizarre and bizarre moving shadows and those type of things. That, that was the genesis moment. And then I started writing stories. I wrote tons of stories. And then my, my wife said to me, well, what about if you take what you've written and make it into an audio fiction? So I said, hey, that's, that's a pretty good idea. Then she gave me a little bit of a leeway. She said, well, you have over 400 stories. Uh, and because I was figuring out what to call it. And she says, well, because you're such a, you're such an earthling. <laughs> That's what she said. You're, you're, you're such a, you're such an earthling. Uh, what about poetic earthlings? So I said, okay, yeah, that's a pretty good name. So then I started writing and, and producing uh, the shows since then. Oh, so she came up with the title. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. She came up with a title. And, and so I, I worked in the title poetic earthlings the best I could with, with all of the episodes, the philosophy of, of the show hinges, hinges on that. Now, is it a, are the episodes in a series or do they, are they kind of just their own standalone episodes as you go along? They're their own standalone episodes. But what I'd like to do is I like to leave little breadcrumbs, little traces that will link one character, one setting to the other. In that way, if you are a faithful listener, you'll get the, the, big, the big picture of all these characters interacting. But in that vein, I do like the episodes that are like The Outer Limit or Twilight Zone, where for 20 minutes, my show is roughly run for 20 minutes, mm -hmm. the entire story is right there in a nutshell. So, so it, is, it, is, it is an anthology series, but there's doors here and there that, you, that would take you to other realms. That's amazing. Now, what I wanted to have you on tonight to talk about is you had mentioned how we can use audio dramas like Poetic Earthlings to help us overcome social barriers. Now, anytime I have a topic that we talk about on the show, I like to start from the beginning. What would you define? What are social barriers? I define social barriers as all of the labels that we've or society has, has put on us. Hmm. And when I was in... The, the 1980s growing up it was cool at that time not to be labeled you were just you were considered a free spirit if you say hey i don't want to be bogged down into man-made labels or societal labels i want to be free and so now that seems to be turning it seems that everyone wants to be a special snowflake Everyone wants to not just to be a regular earthling living on this living on this planet. They want to have their own secret identity. Um, and some of this is not authentic. They just put that on themselves. And when they do that and they fix it, it's it's okay if it's something that's authentic and you you just want to you, you want to be identified in, in this certain way, but it's become so, so, so bitter where, where this is my label and you have your own label and we just see the labels, but we don't see the actual person on the other, on the other side. 
all we looked at is their labels. I was on I was on Twitter the other day ago, and this individual said, "If you write on her write on her bio, if you do not agree with all of my political persuasions, then I do I do not want you." And but she said it in explicit. And so I looked at it for a while and I studied all of the labels and she had a lot of labels, but I still befriended her. I still followed her uh, because I said, well, she's a human being. I, I know she says, I, and, and the, the certain things I, I totally disagreed with, but I still followed her because I wanted to get to know her. And I see that in these days, we have to swim through a lot of different channels. We have to overcome a lot of walls and these walls are imposed by by the media and by individuals to make themselves look more grander or more special. Until and when, but once we get through those barriers, then we know the person. We get to their heart, and that's what I try to do with my stories. I try to get to get to the heart of the of the individual. I'm so glad you brought that up. I'm so glad you put it that way, especially in relation to the '80s. I have this conversation from time to time with people about music, you know, I don't like to say, oh, the music was so much better back then, you know, okay, we're, I'll be the grumpy old man. You kids don't know music nowadays, but that was, that's always been my point too. It seems like in the eighties, even with music, things were a little freer, you know, there were fewer categories. Now everyone, I always put it like this. Everyone seems to be trying their best to sound exactly like the other person in their category. And a lot of people will say, well, yeah, that's because of the money. And it's true. They know if I just stay in this category and label myself and do what's in this category, I can make a lot of money. And I think it's unfortunate because I think it stifles creativity because now people have put this expectation on themselves where if you walk in a room and you look a certain way, everyone expects you to be blank. And I've never liked that. I've never, I've never liked categories and labels ever. And I agree with you. It seemed like, yeah, back in the eighties, we didn't have it as much as we do now. I'm sure it was there, but it's like, like you said, it's like nowadays people embrace it instead of it just happens. Mm -hmm. So how do you think audio dramas can help us overcome those social barriers? I think it helps us overcome those barriers is because with some really good audio dramas, such as uh, the Dex Legacy series, uh, which I listen to uh, often, and, and other and other audio dramas, uh, Most Precious Commodity, which which I've edited and produced uh, all of the episodes uh, for that one as well. I think some some really good ones. They take us into the mind of particular people that in real life we may never associate with. There's some characters that I write that are pretty deplorable. Um, what some people may consider even uh, pariahs or monsters in society. But then I say, well, I wonder what their perspective is of life. I may not agree with perspective, but some of their views are just horrendous. But I go into their mindset. I live with them for a little while. I break bread with them. And then I take the listener into their mindset as well so that they could learn. And so I believe what my show does and, and other shows similar to this, we could 
walk a mile in their shoes mm. uh, to see what what their world is. You have to agree with it, say not, because there's some things that are just are are, are just deplorable to agree with. At least you understand it, and that's what that's what good audio drama could do for the listeners. I would hope because I remember when that was always the big thing with like uh, television shows like Star Trek. It was all about well, you know, and some people say, well, it's a utopian idea that we'll never achieve. Uh, Earth is Earth. The nations, yeah. it kind of didn't matter anymore. We're all Earthlings, uh, and all beings throughout the galaxy. It's well, this is you know, you have the Klingons, you have the Romulans, but they were all even though they are, you know, they're separated by their categories or their, you know, whatever, their race or what have you. But with Earth itself, everyone was just Earthlings. And I agree with that a lot. And I talk about it from time to time myself. A lot of our problems are based on the fact that we look at everyone as nationalities or, you know, you're from this country, you're from there. But I like how you put it. We're all Earthlings. Uh, you say, Things would get better if we could just learn to look at each other as the humans that we are, basically. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right, that's right. When I when I was in high school, I didn't like the idea of segregating myself. Uh, I didn't like to say, well, because I'm this skin color, then I have to spend time with all of these people, or because I'm a hip hop fan, I used to write hip hop songs and. I even put songs out on the radio that I only have to hang out with the people that are into hip hop. I didn't like that. So I tried my best to hang out with everyone and listen to all different kinds of music and, and sit down and chat with everyone, even people that look bizarre and have ear piercing and their and, and pink mohawks or whatever it is, because I do not want to be in my little cubicle. I think it's important to break out of the cubicle. Uh, cubicles are not safe. And these days they're talking about uh, safe places. But what they mean by safe places is to put you in your little hole, in your little crevice. And that's and with your with your group, with your ethnicity, with your with your social with your social sphere. That's what they mean by a safe place. I think that's ridiculous. I don't think there should be any safe places in that perspective, in the way that they talk about. I think we need to break out of those things and get a little bit uncomfortable, have awkward conversations. And I think ha having awkward conversations and stumbling along a little bit helps us to be a little bit more human, a little bit more compassionate. I think it's very easy for us to stay with, with our own so-called people. Mm -hmm. We're not challenged. We're not challenged. Everything is familiar. We know the food. We know the music. We know the environment. We know, we know the vibes. But when we're forced, or not really forced, but when we go into another setting where we're a little bit unfamiliar with, then we have to dig a little bit deeper and to find the humanity. Because we can't find the connection with music or with the food right, or with the fashion, right? But, we, but so it helps us to find a deeper connection. Gosh, I swear you're my doppelganger. <laughs> We're like the same guy. This, these are all I agree with everything you're saying 100%. This has been my philosophy for as long as I can remember. And I was the same way. I've always, you know, especially growing up being a nerd, you know, there was always the you get teased or whatever. And I'm like, I don't care because 
this is this is me and these are the people I hang out with and I'm like you I I've had uh just a plethora of different people in my friendship circles that even some of them didn't like each other because they were of quote unquote another group but I'm like but these are people and there's these interesting things about these people there's these wonderful things about them but you're not going to talk to them because they're not part of your little group it was always ridiculous to me that people are like that and even that person you mentioned on Twitter if you don't agree with me don't I mean that's part that's again that's another part of the problem that we have today especially here in the states when it comes to oh yeah politics it's yeah. if you don't agree with me don't associate with me well that's only going to make things worse and we see it every day yeah it only makes things worse i mean canada is bad but the states is worse when it comes to all the political barriers that you guys that you guys erect it's really bad uh, when I'm on Twitter, I, I associate with with all different writers and poets. But when I go off of the off of that path into the dark political Twitter world, it's very very, and 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 if you do not agree entirely with somebody, even if it's somebody on so called your team, and this has happened before, where I just simply critiqued a little bit. And I remember one time, because I'm into talk radio, there's this talk radio host here in Ottawa, and he was very popular, uh, but he's a very angry kind of kind of person. That was his persona. Shock, but shock. 99%, yeah, yeah, he was, yeah, he was a curmudgeonly uh, old man and <laughs> not a lot of fame, a lot of recognition because he's angry. Every political view he, he opposes. And again, 99% of the things... I was on board with. I didn't like how his tactic, but I was on board. So one day I called in because it was it was a call in radio show, and I said, "Hey, it's good to be on the air with you for the first time." He's like, "Yeah, yeah. What do you want?" <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, okay." But but I understood what he's doing, right? Right. He gets to the point. I said, "Yeah, when you're talking about uh, this view, when it comes to." I think it was immigration or something. And then I was just critiquing one point and he says, and then he got really upset and he says, you're so naive. I can't believe you called me. And he just hung up the phone on me. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is what I mean, right? right. Uh, so even, even some people that you will think that you could agree with, but you have to agree on every single, every single aspect to their point or they just become so irate with you. And I don't think that's called for. And not to mention, how boring would the world be if we were all just the same? Exactly. It would be very boring. <laughs> and I don't think there would ever be any innovation. There would be nothing but us all just walking around being like everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. And it's surprising that there's some people that wanted to be like that. I, I, I don't, I think in the past couple of years, there's just been so much insanity that probably fed through the media or through the mainstream or whatever it is that we are just hypnotized and we're not really thinking. And I know this may be a different topic altogether, but we're not really thinking subjectively. We're being operated by, by puppet masters in the shadows. They tell us what, who to love. They tell us who to like. They tell us who to hate. They tell us who to kill. And, and then we can't think to for ourselves and if we think if we think to ourselves or just for ourselves then they label us 
as some as some de- deranged psychopath. How dare you think? The government tells you what to think. Welcome back to the Jojatorium. Whoa, you Matt, this isn't an episode. It's a trailer. Well, what the hell is a trailer, Adam? It's where we tell people what they can expect from our podcast, Decaying with the Boys. Well, they can uh, expect to hear us talk shop on pro wrestling, craft beer, horror movies, and pop culture, like Britney Spears' creepy father and stuff like that. We've literally never talked about Britney, but we do take our shots at everything else you said. Well, then uh, I guess I can also tell them they can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Anchor FM. And don't forget to find us on all social media at KNWTB. Cheers. It's sad but true, and we see it all the time. And it, it, what's been funny to me about that point is you have these people who dive so deep into all these crazy conspiracy theories. Now, of course, you give them a chance to say, yeah, go check it out. Let me see what you, what you find. And then once you find out, well, you know what you're talking about kind of makes no sense. You can't disagree with them. Like you said, you're not allowed to disagree with them because then they'll cut you off. And unfortunately, a lot of uh, families have been ripped apart because of that very thing. It's as though people oh, yeah. simply don't know how to disagree anymore. There's nothing wrong with disagreeing. I don't care if you no. if you believe the craziest thing out there. If I disagree with you, that doesn't mean you have to completely cut me off. Exactly. Uh, there's some, I always use this story this is what we're talking about here there's some people that believe that the earth is flat as a pancake yes and one of and one of my one of my relatives uh or a friend he in jamaica he's in jamaica he believes that the entire earth is just like a pancake it's flat he's a flat earther even though he doesn't call himself that but that's that's what he is Right. So I was curious into the whole idea. So I went online, did some research and listened to some podcasts and even watched a, a, a Netflix documentary about flat earthers. And that's fine. It's fine. If, it's fine if I, I disagree with them, but it's fascinating. Wouldn't you be fascinated if you, if, if, if you were told that what we believe in these days that the, of, of an oval shaped earth is, is alive from their point of view? course it's interesting and so i listened but but i disagree now i should be free to to send them a message and say hey i I like i like what you guys are saying but i disagree with these points it would be awful if they say well get out of here i and they totally cut me off from their social media right that would be just awful but that's what happens today all far too often, far too often. That's what happens. And that's just completely counterintuitive of, you know, interacting with one another, breaking down social barriers. Um, because yeah, just because someone doesn't agree with you, there's a lot of things that I don't agree with, with a lot of people. I love them still the same and I will converse, you know, I'll have conversation. I, we could, we could still be friends as far as I'm concerned. Then on the flip side, I have those people that I haven't spoken to in about two or three years now because they got so upset because I disagree with them, especially over politics. Yeah. And I think <laughs> at the end of the day, for me, it's just silly. I'm like, you're an adult. <laughs> you're supposed to be you're supposed to be beyond this sort of thing by now. <laughs> I'm allowed to disagree yeah. with you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And you know, these things are just destroying families. 
I, I had to pray earnestly because I, I pray all the time for, for my for my family, even when it comes to the whole vaccination. There's a lot of people in my family that they're totally against the idea that they're said are. And I, and I said, Lord, literally, because I pray, I do not want this to divide us. Absolutely. I do not want this to destroy us, right? Because in the long run, I mean, yeah, the one side may be right, one side may be wrong, but I mean, we're still brothers and sisters. We're still related to each other, and we're or we're still neighbors. Absolutely, we have to. Yeah, we have to work this out. Well, but let's move on to another thing that you brought up. Let's talk about free speech. You're saying you feel that free speech is being stigmatized. Now, there's a lot of people who have wildly varying opinions about free speech. In my opinion, what I see most of the time is that, especially here in the States, and I, I'm sure it's there, it's different there in Canada, what our Constitution actually says about free speech I feel a lot of people get it wrong and they twist it around to the point where they say, well, these social media platforms aren't allowed to do this, this, and this, and this, and this because of my right to free speech. But here in the States, our constitution does not protect that under law, but people take it that way anyway. Is that the same way there in Canada? Is it because, because how it comes across is people are saying I should be allowed to say whatever I want. And that's just simply not true. And they say, the law says I can say whatever I want. It does not. So is it the same way there? And how do you see that being stigmatized, if you could? Well, I think that when it comes to free speech, we have we still have to be considerate. Yeah, there is there is parallels. There, there is similarities in this country as well. But the idea of free speech, the principle of it is very, it's very good. But obviously, we have to be held accountable to the things that we say. So if we do say something, we have to be able to, to back it up. And then there's always, we can't just flippantly say things intentionally to a certain group. I think, that's, I think that, that should not be, I think that should not be a thing at all. But when it comes to the principle of free speech or freedom of expression, I think the principle of it should be should be celebrated. I think in the past couple of weeks, when you see somebody talk about free speech, they may look at that and say, well, what do you mean by that? Now they're questioning everything. They're questioning that phrase. This wasn't a phrase that was questioned just a few years ago. People the idea people even radically pushed for that idea. but now that idea is being curtailed and so there seems to be a paradigm shift i think what has happened is what we were talking about just a second ago where it's if you don't agree with everything i say you're against me and if you try even mm -hmm. if i say something that's obviously uh troublesome and could be damaging to society. If I say something and then you believe that I should not be allowed to say that, get away from me. We're done. You know, you're not allowed to. And I think that's, and because that's what happens here in the States anyway, you see it all the time. Someone will say something that is so just out there and possibly damaging to folks. And once they get called out on it, 
oh, that's you're taking away my free speech. And that's just simply not the case. And that's what, uh, and I think a lot of people hide behind that erroneously. Although I do believe that they know exactly what they're doing because it's, it's, it's all part of a silly little plan. Actually, it's that we're the victims here now mentality as well. When you say to someone, mm-hmm. you can't, you can't, you know, we have that whole, that whole analogy of uh, the fire in the theater. Uh, you can't run in a theater and yell mm-hmm. fire and cause a stampede when there was no fire. And then if you get called out on it, oh, I'm the victim now. You're just trying to take away my free speech. Um, and we see that far too often. Yeah, we do. We do. We do see that. I like that analogy with yelling fire in a in a movie theater or a bomb on a plane. Mm-hmm. You you be held held responsible to your to your actions, but there is some people that they play both sides. They say that they are are allowed to have a certain channels on YouTube, for instance, but you're not allowed to have it. Right. And you're allowed to have a certain account on Twitter speaking speaking about certain things, but or they're allowed, but you but you are not allowed. There is the the game controllers. There are some people on top that that will welcome certain ideas in and that's what creates i believe conspiracy theorist Mm -hmm. if there if the other side was allowed to speak say for instance about the environment just to just to pick one topic on here in canada the the news channels the three or, or four main news news feeds when it comes to the environment they're all on board everyone's on board but somebody else is not a professor or what, whoever that person is. And if he or she has a different view, they're not allowed on the air in Canada to express that view. Everyone has to be that the earth is dying because of what mankind is doing. And that's it. Whatever, whatever other topic, that's just one topic individually. So I think, I, I think that leads to some people going off in their little corners and creating a whole bunch of other ideas when it comes to the vaccines here in Canada, only the, only the views that the prime minister says are allowed to be on, on the major news. So if you are a doctor or professor that thinks that the vaccines is not, is not what it's, what it's made for, what it's intended for, you're not allowed on the news here in Canada. And so what they do, they go off to their own little corners, and then that's where conspiracy theories are originate. There wouldn't be any conspiracy theories if people were all allowed on the table. And then you could say, well, your side is invalid because of these reasons, and here's the facts. And then we could have a healthy debate. Oh, now, see, that I don't agree with. If, if Canada is doing that, the prime minister is allowed to make the final decree of who's allowed and not allowed on television to voice an opinion. Yeah, that I cannot agree with. I, I think, yeah, that's, that's just not right. What I do agree with, though, is because we always hear a lot about like Facebook and Twitter taking people off their platforms, but that was that company's decision. That's not our government telling them. That's not the government. And that's what I think people confuse here in the States. Mm-hmm. You're violating my right to free speech. No, this company has community standards. And if you violate their community standards, they say you have to go. 
It's the same as if you walk into a convenience store. That convenience store says you have to have on a shirt and shoes to come in. If you come in and they tell you to leave, that's because you violated that company's rules. It has nothing to do with the government. Now, if you have the government telling people this is what's allowed and not allowed on television, for for me, and especially here in the States, now that would be problematic. And that's actually the sort of thing that our our laws do address, that the government is can't make any law to prevent the expression of free speech. That's what's in our constitution. But people, I don't know, people get so wound up and they don't listen and mm-hmm. they don't, you know, they don't uh, find out for themselves the truth. But again, I have to digress and say, I know there's a lot of them who do know that and they use it as a tactic. It's like I said, it's that victimization mentality because the more we quote unquote feel victimized, the larger of a group we can grow because people do love a lot of people in society do love conflict. And if they can create that conflict point, they jump right in. And there's there's a lot of people that love to be the victim. When I was growing up in Toronto and all, I've never thought of myself as the victim. I've never thought of that, but now there's victim points. The more, the more tragedy or the more perceived injustice that, that you have attained, the, the higher your, your, victim, your victimhood score grows. That's, that's just so bizarre for me. I think, it's, I, I think it's not good to play the victim. I think, it's, I, I think you are cutting yourself off. I think you are belittling yourself if, you're, if, if you play the victim role. There's always going to be tragedy. We we don't go through life unscarred. There's there's misery. There's disappointment. That's just the way that God has designed the universe that we live in, where and we have to and and we have to account for these things. But to say that you are the victim, I am suffering. Pay attention to me. It becomes almost egotistical. Yeah, it's. It's not a humble way to look, to go through life. I thought of, as I'm saying this to you, uh, the person that played the role of, uh, of the Black Panther, forgot his, forgot his real name, the actor. Chadwick. He, that, thank you. Yeah. So he was, he was suffering, but he didn't, he didn't make his physical ailments known to everyone. He handled it with grace, mm-hmm. with dignity. He could have played the victim card. He could have cashed that. He could have cashed it in. Very easily, he could have cashed that in and got a lot of sympathy before he perished, before he died. He could have, but he said, no, I do not want to do this. And I think looking at him, the way that he handles suffering, that should be our mentality, where where we handle it with grace, where we could pray about it. We could get together with friends and family. I think that's the best way. But today, whatever little infraction happens, somebody people even that i follow on twitter they like to talk about it and they 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 milk the tragedy yes i'm there for them depends depending on what it is but uh, i'm not talking about major tragedy i'm just talking about even small small things that happen to them that are that are that yes we we, we need to show compassion for but they constantly talk about it on Facebook, on Twitter, within within their feed. And we have to draw the line. There's this Christian rapper that I've always liked named Andy Mino. He said a line once, he said, face your problems, don't Facebook them. 
And I, said, I like that. This is absolutely <laughs> correct. And you're right. I, it, it, it's sad to say, but it really is. It's just attention getting. People just want that attention by playing the victim. And by the way, I'm going to write down victimhood score. We're going to, we're going to hang on to that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So we, we've, we've laid out a lot of issues here, but we want to talk about overcoming them. What are some other than audio dramas? Do you have other ideas about how we as humans can overcome these social barriers that we, like you said, we often erect ourselves. How can we start overcoming them? What's some basic starting points we could use? Thinking about the other person's point of view, or at least, at least we need to take a brief moment and to say, if this person was my was my brother or sister, like biological brother or sister, or mom and dad, how would I treat this person? Would I dismiss him or her? Or would I, or would I take the time to listen? So doing that, I believe, helps me. When I, when I pause for a moment and I say, would I speak to my brother this way, my, my, my biological brother? Would I, would, I, would I speak to my mom this way? No, I probably wouldn't speak to her that way. Then why am I speaking to this lady in the checkout in the checkout aisle at the grocery store, even though she's very upset with me? Why am I treating her this way? So give ourselves a time to just pause before we speak. Gather everything in our minds and say, is this the right thing for me to say at this time? And I think that would be very helpful. Grace. And empathy. Those are the two biggest things I think that we're missing a lot of times in society today. To sum up Absolutely. everything you said, grace and empathy. That's right. Well, York, once again, I want to thank you for coming on. Now, if people want to get a hold of you uh, and find out more about your podcast, and and are you, you have books as well, or are you working on yeah. a book? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm also an author. I have a book called Universe Splendor, short stories. People, If people want to get a hold of me, the best place to reach me is on my website, poeticearthlings.com. Season five of my show is coming out later on this year, or you could get a hold of me on welcometoearthstories.com. I'm also available on Twitter. Again, thank you so much for coming on. And as usual, if anyone wants to get a hold of me, just go to voluntaryinput.com and you can select contact if you have any questions, comments, or show ideas. Or if you'd like to leave a voice message, you can go to pod inbox slash voluntary input. It's podinbox.com slash voluntary input. And while you're at the website, voluntaryinput.com, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, just select register as a guest because we're always looking for great guests like you. York, I want to thank you once again for coming on. And we'll stay in touch. Yeah, we will, Leo. Thanks a lot for having me on your show. And I look forward to catching you and and hearing more of you on Twitter. So thank you very much. Okay, thank you. And you have a great rest of your day. All right. Take care.
Do you sometimes find yourself scrolling through the internet looking for articles to read only to find that you can't read through them all because you have other things going on? What if someone could read them to you while you tackle other tasks? Well, let me tell you about Newsly. Newsly is an all-in-one audio super app for iOS and Android. It picks up web articles about the most trending topics at any given moment and reads them to you in a natural human voice. Simply put, the entire internet becomes listenable all in one place. Browse articles from topics you choose and you can follow any topic as specific as you'd like. From sports to science to Bitcoin, it will find you the latest articles and read them to you aloud. And guess what? They have podcasts as well. Explore trending podcasts from over 50 countries. And yes, this podcast, Voluntary Input, is there too. Download and use Newsly for free now. Follow the Newsly link and use the promo code in the show notes of this episode and receive a one month free premium subscription. So again, if you ever find yourself scrolling through daily articles, stop scrolling and start listening. Follow the Newsly link and use the promo code in the show notes of this episode and receive a one month free premium subscription.